the lie that we believe. Have you ever been told something about yourself that wasn't true? Maybe by a coach that you really admired or a teacher or manager or a parent? Maybe they told you you weren't good enough. You would never be good enough or that you just can't do it. You think you can, but you can't. We've all been told such lies and what's worse is we believed them. Sometimes believing those lies can make us frozen right where we are and we're afraid to move or they challenge us and propel us forward. We've all heard of those mountain climbers who were told, you can't climb that mountain. And they all say, challenge accepted. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm an award-winning multi-published author and former writing teacher. And so I like to post episodes about the writing craft. And today we are going to look at the lie and the fear. I don't know if you've had the chance to, or actually the privilege to complete the story equation course over at the Novel Academy by Susie Mae Warren, but I have many, many times. I I usually take this course before I write every book. I'd say for like the last three or four years, I like to plot out my books using Susie Mae Warren's The Story Equation. You can purchase the book over at the Novel Academy website or enroll in the course. Because I'm a visual kinesthetic learner, I liked her course better than the book so that way I could listen to what she's saying and take notes and start to plot out my book while listening to her course so it's powerful. You'll recognize Rachel Hauk on there and uh, they ask some poignant questions about your character and your plot. It really helps you to go deeper into that deep, deep, deep point of view. But the inspiration for this episode was a recent interview I had with author Jennifer L. Wright about her upcoming book, The Girl from the Papers. And that episode's coming soon. But during the episode, we discussed how her story was inspired by the infamous couple, Bonnie and Clyde. Their story is very, very familiar. But as we talked about her inspiration for the story, she mentioned a little bit about Bonnie Parker and what her motivation was. And the main motivation was the lie she believed and the fear that that lie caused inside of her. Remember that the time that Bonnie Parker lived was during the Great Depression, the 1920s and into the 30s. It was a horrible time for America, a lot of unemployment, but there were a lot of people who were very wealthy too. It was the time of the super rich and the super, super poor, the haves and the have-nots. So Bonnie grew up seeing what all the haves had and she started to envy them and want it, but looked around her circumstances and believed the lie that she could never have it. And so that fear kind of propelled her forward. And when she met Clyde Barrow, She joined him on his uh, criminal career, 
And the two went off into criminal history, of course, to a horrible ending. But after I interviewed Jennifer, I started thinking more about the lie and the fear and how that part of the story equation helps you write a deeper story, helps you go deeper into your character development. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, your work in progress, of course, a piece of paper or a Word document to take some notes, and sit back and relax as we learn more about the lie and the fear. The lie we believe. Last week, I was really struggling, and my friends will tell you, and my family too, with rejection. Being rejected by literary agents stings, but also being rejected at work, you know, when you're really confident and all of a sudden you're rejected at work, hurts. And so I was dealing with imposter syndrome. Am I really a writer? Am I really an author? All that kind of stuff. And I started to believe the lie. And I started to realize that once we believe the lie, it increases our fear. And that fear can keep us frozen in time, in our comfort zones, and we never challenge ourselves. So I started telling my husband a little bit more about how the lie and the fear help us write better characters, more well-rounded characters. And he asked the question, why have a lie at all? Oh, that's interesting. It's because most of us in our own lives have had that lie that we believe. We all have it. Think back over your life. We've been told a lie at some point, whether by a parent or a coach or a teacher, someone we admired, someone who matters to us, and we believed the lie. And it's sad. So by adding the lie that your character believes, you are connecting with your readers because they've experienced that too. But there should always be a purpose to the lie that your character believes. My current book, The Doors of Rome, my character, Millie, is 52 years old, and she loves running. It's just something she's always done to escape a tumultuous home life, you know, or to just excel. She felt that she was good at it because her coaches told her she was. It just gave her confidence. But she was told a lie by her father, someone she, you know, looked up to and someone that mattered in her life. He lied and told her that running could never possibly lead to anything worthwhile in life. And she believed it. And as a result, she spends the rest of her life believing this lie and that she's not good enough, that her desire to run isn't good enough. And that leads to her fear. At age 52, she's she married late in life, so she has no children. And she feels at middle age that life has passed her by, which is another lie. <laughs> Those of you in your 50s may know you can still do wonderful things in your 50s. I did. I ran the Walt Disney World Dopey Challenge at age 52. That's four races in four days. And I was tired, but I was able to do it. Did I do it well? Did I set any records? No, but I crossed the finish line of all four of those races and I have those medals on my wall. And when I look at those medals, I am reminded that women in middle age can achieve great things. It's not too late. But Millie at age 52 felt that she's been left behind. 
She has no, you know, children, no life experiences, and no accomplishments because she believed the lie that her father told her that a running career would lead to nothing. And so that led to her fear of never being able to accomplish anything, never experience anything. Now it's your turn. Think about your own life. What lies have you believed over the years? And have those lies propelled you forward to where you say challenge accepted? Or did they paralyze you and keep you from leaving your comfort zone? Now, think about your work in progress and the main character you're developing. What lie is he or she believing? And what are the results of believing that lie? Why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we believe these lies? Well, it's because they typically come from people we admire or we feel we're supposed to admire and respect, right? So it must be true. But later on, when we find out we can do the things we wanted to do, or that running can lead to something wonderful, or that we are good enough, that propels us forward and makes us not want to spread those lies to other people. The fear. So do you see how the lie we believe leads to fear? And because my character, Millie, believed what her father told her about running, that a running career could never lead to anything worthwhile, it started to mess with her head. And so she became injured and did not make it to the Olympic trials. And that led to her fear of having missed out. Missed out on a running career, missed out on life experiences, marriage, children, all of that. So her fear is being, you know, left behind and missing out on all these wonderful things that could have happened. Now that fear, though, is what propelled her forward. But what about you? Think about your life. How did that fear propel you forward? Has it moved you forward in life or maybe it's kept you frozen in place? My character, Millie, decides to tackle her fear and leave her comfort zone and challenge herself. And I did that as well when I chose to write and publish The Doors of Rome. You see, I'm mostly known for middle grade books, but I wanted desperately to tell this story because it's a story of hope and inspiration for women out there who may be like Millie, thinking their lives have passed them by. But because I write mostly for middle grade, I was afraid. I conquered my fear and wrote the book and put it out there for the world to read. And not only that, but my virtual assistant helped me do a launch team. That meant a group of total strangers were going to read my book and review my book and help launch it into the world. How terrifying is that? What if they hate the book? You know, am I ready to hear that from total strangers? This book wasn't all that great. You know, oh, I was so scared. But you know what? Conquering our fear is part of growth. And so I went with my virtual assistant's wisdom 
and put together the launch team and these total strangers read my book. And then I waited, chewing my fingernails, pacing back and forth, and the reviews started to come in. They loved it. They were inspired. They connected to Millie. They loved that the book was about middle-aged women (laughs) taking on challenges, going on adventures, even at middle age. Everything that I had hoped would come out of the book did, and these readers connected to it on that level and were inspired. So I could exhale and feel confident again in my writing skills. Why? Because I conquered my fears. Now think about your work in progress. Again, that character. What fear is he or she dealing with and why? And how is their fear moving them forward on a noble quest or toward victory or conquering all those obstacles you've put in their path. We, your readers, want to cheer for your main character. We want to see her move forward toward victory. We want to root for her the whole way, but we can't do that if she's standing still. My readers connected with Millie. One reader said, you know, I suffered from the same thing that I've missed out on life. And they wanted her to succeed. So how can you make us, your readers, connect and root and cheer for your character? Because we really want to. But we can't do it without you. By going deeper into your character's psyche, you can show us rather than tell us about your character. Why does he do what he does? And how can he choose to change directions? Just recently, the Long Island serial killer was caught after, I think, 13 years. And the first thing people wanted to know once they saw who the killer was and all the evidence released to the press, our first question was, why? Why did this man who had a wife and children and was an architect, you know, a well-educated man, murder all these women? Why? Because we all want to know why. That means you as the author need to provide for us the answer. If you don't, you leave us hanging and we hate that. So in my story, I have to answer that too. Why does Millie feel the way that she feels? Why does she feel left behind? Why? I had to go all the way back to her childhood and have her explain to her best friend. Because her best friend asks her, why do you love running? And so I had to provide that answer for Millie. It can't just be, I like the wind in my hair. No, 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 no. (laughs) Has to go deeper. So imagine your character is in front of you and you're interviewing them. Why do you love to do this? Why are you a police detective? Why do you work in search and rescue? Why are you, you know, a princess wanting to go on this mission? I mean, there has to be an answer to the why. And it can't be just, well, because my father did it or because I've always wanted to do that. No, no, no. We have to go deeper. Keep asking your character the whys. So why does Millie love running? 
Well, she goes back all the way to her childhood. And she said, I don't know. I was the middle child. And when my parents would argue, it was horrible. And my older siblings could just hop into a car and go see a movie with their friends. My little siblings would just go into their rooms. I chose to run. So I would head out the front door and just go running. So she used it as a coping mechanism, a coping strategy dealing with a tumultuous home life. So that starts to connect with the readers who say, oh, yeah, I used to do that, too. I used to go ride my bike or go to my friend's house and listen to records or something, you know. So it's the answers to the why that will connect to your reader out there who says, oh, yeah, I struggled with that, too. Years ago at a writer's conference, we were uh, brainstorming our stories at a round table and a very experienced writer was with us. They had they made sure they had experienced writers at each of the round tables. And so all of us at that time, I hadn't even I think I would only published one book. So I was very new at it. He was helping us answer the whys with showing rather than telling the reader. And one example he gave us was the alcoholic police detective. He said, how can you show your readers that your main character is an alcoholic without telling them? And so we we hemmed and hawed and thought up some ideas and. His answer was spot on, and I've never forgotten it. I mean, this is like 13 years ago, and I still remember it. He said, your first scene could be of the alarm clock going off, and it shows that it's 6 a.m., and your character clumsily turns off the alarm, whips the sheets off of his legs, sits up, and kicks an empty beer can. And then he reaches for the nightstand and clumsily picks up a beer bottle and drinks it down. And then gets up off the bed and stumbles into the shower, into the bathroom to take a shower. That was powerful. All of us had that image inside of our heads. He said that is showing your reader that this character has a serious drinking problem if they are reaching for a beer at 6 a.m. first thing in the morning without even telling us anything about the character. So then the rest of the story will be about why. Why does this detective drink? Who, who was the drinker in his past? His father? His mother? And what lie is he believing about himself? And what fear is he trying to mask with alcohol? See how it works? Now think of your main character. It's up to you as the author how, to, how you're going to answer all those questions. What's the lie? What's the fear? And why? Now you have what it takes to go deeper into the point of view of your character. Why? Because it connects to your readers who desperately want to cheer your character on. They want to care for your character. And they want your character's fear to propel them forward on this journey toward conquering that fear. Why? Because that's what we all want to do. That's what life is about, isn't it? We see those mountains. Someone says, you can't possibly climb that mountain. And we say, challenge accepted. Thank you all for joining me today. 
to discuss the lie and the fear. I hope that you've learned something new and have been inspired to keep going forward on your writing journey, one step at a time. And until next time, keep writing and God bless. Thank you.